Hello and welcome back to another episode of Full of Energy, an AE podcast where we talk about workforce development, energy hot topics, and energy policy. The Association of Energy Engineers, otherwise known as AEE, is a professional organization of over 17,000 members and 32,000 actively certified individuals in over 100 countries. AEE serves your needs for career development, networking, and recognition. We recently discussed engaging your employees in energy management, but today I want to talk to our guests about the actual implementation of energy management systems for companies. We're joined by Kelly Whalen and Mohamed Diab. Let's hear from our guests. Kelly, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, so I'm Kelly Whalen. I am the energy manager at Adran in Huntsville, Alabama. We have a million square feet of property uh, on an 80 acre campus. So I have over 30 years energy management experience through HVAC controls and an energy manager. While at ADTRAN, I've served in multiple roles, but basically since 2005, I have been the energy manager here at ADTRAN. And uh, we have reduced our EUI over 44% in that time frame. Uh, a brief history, I enlisted in the Air Force in 1990 uh, and uh, became a Got my associate's degree through the Air Force and then in 2016, got my EEP and I am a uh, charter member of the Huntsville Association of Energy Engineers. Thank you, Mohammed. how about you? All right, thank you, Laurie. So uh, I'm Mohammed Diab. I'm an associate director at the Griffin Project Development Consultants, which are similarly uh, consulting firm that deals with uh, energy retrofits and energy management and all types of energy consultancies. We have worked on a wide plethora of projects within the, the energy realm. I guess we'll get a chance to discuss those during uh, some of those during our discussion. Uh, I have a background in mechanical engineering and in renewable energy. Um, I have joined AEE back in 2018 and that was a like a huge milestone in my career where I got further introduced into the field of energy and energy management specifically. And um, so I also hold the credentials of the MCA, Permanent Auditing Professional, Certified Water Efficiency Professional from, uh, from ADE. So uh, yeah, looking forward for this interesting discussion. Thank you both. And uh, oh, sorry. Uh, I missed to, to mention that uh, I'm also the vice president for the Lebanon chapter, so also. You both are vice presidents of AE chapters. Kelly's also the vice president of his chapter. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> Very nice. So um, energy management, what are some of the key benefits of implementing an energy management system for businesses and organizations, and how can that contribute to sustainability and cost savings? Kelly? Yeah, so energy management is one of the best things a company can do. So I was talking yesterday over the, since 2005, we have saved over 12 and a half million dollars of avoided energy. Just number one, how much product would we have have to sell to make 12 million uh, profit? Energy management 
is a benefit to the company because it's a profit source, not just something you have to do to keep up with the agendas of what's going on. It can be a profit center and save you money. Um, and it's the right thing to do. So uh, again, since 2005, we've reduced our consumption 44%. So that's energy we didn't have to purchase and that is money we didn't have to spend. Mohammed, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so uh, exactly. I, I would like to start from the point where, where uh, Kelly ended at. That's regarding the issue of the financial impact of those projects and how savings are profitable. And that's also something that usually uh, within the, with, when we deal with the clients, it's an important thing that we highlight to, to them is that also generating savings or having savings is similar to generating income. And the, usually the preconception that we would have with some people who are starting to engage in an energy retrofit or an energy management project is that they consider or they look at it that, yeah, there's going to be a huge upfront cost that we're going to pay lots of money in order to implement this project. However, what we try to highlight to them and what they eventually uh, find out at the end of the project is that they are saving on energy. That's the first thing. So they, they see the kilowatt hour savings. They are saving in their carbon footprint because this is also an important uh, point that we need to tackle. And above all that, they're making profit eventually by reducing their, their footprint. So that's the highlight that energy management is a requirement nowadays. It's our responsibility to, to work towards reducing our carbon footprint and the facilities within the any type of activity in a process in a given process it is very important to reduce our footprint however this does not have to be costly it can be something where you would have some financial benefit alongside the importance that we need to tackle the uh, the impact of climate change on on this and let me add to that um it it doesn't have to be capital cost intensive. It can be small things like strategic energy management that's more geared towards behavioral changes. Um, it, a lot of our retro commissionings that we've done have not, besides the upfront cost of the capital uh, of the retro commissioning, we have done no major capital expenses, no chiller replacements, no unit replacements. These are all just been little tweaks in control systems or again, behavioral changes through strategic energy management. That's a great point. So um, now that we kind of have an overview of energy management systems and how you know they can contribute to sustainability and cost savings, can you both give me an example of an energy management program you've created that was successful? Kelly, do you want to start? Yeah. So as I talked about earlier, in 2005, we didn't have an energy program, strategy, policy, anything in place. And I kind of fell into it, but we created this program from scratch. And so we came up initially with an energy management strategy. The key components of it were just having energy awareness, energy standards, um, energy management and some of our resources were energy management program resources were just an energy manager at the time, energy consulting firms, professional associations like AEE, and then recently we have added an energy team. We had nothing, so we started benchmarking, we made uh, energy conservation measures lists, 
We prioritized them and we put them in place. And then we just slowly started nipping away at projects that we could afford and make just good progress on. And we had to win executive um, approval because it was new. So nobody knew what it was. And as soon as we started getting little wins and little wins, the program just started rolling. And eventually it, it's turned into a, you know, a award-winning program. So uh, from my end, I would like to highlight a specific project that uh, we have concluded the implementation in it and we're starting in the environment and verification phase of the savings. Uh, that is a project that, uh, that was done in Abu Dhabi with uh, the largest property development company there, which is called uh, Aldar Properties. So in order to go in line with the national policies in the UAE, they, the customer, or in this case, Aldar Properties, they have decided to engage in a full energy retrofit or an energy management project. So uh, the project ended up being implemented at 51 facilities. When we were speaking like about mega facilities, like very large facilities. And the, the project eventually managed to, uh, to generate around 79 gigawatt hours. So that's huge on electricity savings. That's regard without taking into consideration the uh, the savings on gas and on chilled water, because also in the UAE we have this scheme of chilled water that is provided as a form of utility. So this was a huge project, and then we get back to the idea of profitability. This huge project ended up having a payback period of around four years. So this is this was and still is a landmark project in the region, in the region we speak with now. And the project also it was initiated in a way similar to what. Kelly mentioned, so it started with some awareness raising with the with the teams, so with the facility teams across all of these facilities, we had to conduct trainings with them, seminars, getting them more involved into the energy management to get them more, to, uh, to give them this awakening about the importance of energy management and to be, let's say, energy conscious about their, their consumption and how some small behavioral changes could uh, impact the total energy bill of a specific facility. And this is a trend that you can see now going on across different uh, companies and organizations, especially now if I'm gonna speak about the UAE and the GCC area. So mainly the, this is the, the landmark uh, project was. So uh, it has gotten like huge uh, recognition. Also it got several awards because it, it was a very good example for everyone else that even if you see that it is, a huge project eventually it's totally worth it um as we both all know energy management systems often involve collecting and analyzing a lot of data as we saw with both of your examples how can data analytics and iot technologies enhance the effectiveness of such systems and what kind of data should companies focus on gathering i think getting as much data as possible uh, is important. Um, we collect a lot of data through several sources and just, I think as much data as you collect as possible that your IT or whoever will allow you to store is best because you never know what you're going to need. But we, you know, all the basic stuffs, uh, we, we can KW, kilowatts, load factor, uh, degree days, just generally all the basic energy management stuff you're gonna want. But we also have, uh, I'll give you a key instance of where we've implemented some of this. It's not necessarily AI or IOT, but 
we did a demand load shed program a couple years ago. And so we were able to, uh, with a model model from 2015 to uh, 2022 and, and make a model of our peak loads. And then we designed a, uh, a, a load shed program that would just cut the peak off of each month. And this program looks at past data, what you did the previous month, and then each month it'll calculate a new peak. And so how this works is as you, as you go to a new month, you'll get a new peak and it's just designed to cut the peak off. And, and our, and what the goal was here is to save some demand, but do it without affecting employees. So maybe we'll, we'll turn some mechanical rooms off or uh, do stuff behind the scenes that's not going to impact employees. And so that's where we've used some of this technology. Mohammed, do you have anything to add? Yeah, so regarding the issue of data, also as exactly as, as Kelly mentioned, so the more the better. Right? So that's the, the, the bottom line of it. Uh, besides the collection, what we do in the project, whenever we're asking for details or if we are starting an engagement with a client, or even after we find that, like we're, we're done with the implementation and we're going to track the savings over the time, uh, we always try to have as much data as possible besides the bills. So, of course, it is very important to track the official bill that we get from the utility for electricity, for district cooling, for gas. Also, in our scope, or what we usually do also, we try to track the equipment performance, the individual equipment performance. And here comes the importance of the IoT because it gives an ease of access to this type of information. You're no longer like, that's something that's way behind us now to go and do the measurements on the equipment at each, uh, any given moment. So nowadays using the BMS systems or the SCADA system available at these facilities, uh, operators, FM teams can manage to collect the data from all types of equipment. And the more the better, because it will help you to understand and evaluate the performance of this equipment. So if you haven't before engaging in it or before having an energy management system, this will help you understand in what direction you should go with these equipment in case you have to rectify some kind of uh, performance. And also it is important to have these uh, this data collection or these sens sensors these, uh, to implement the IoT technology also after the implementation of the uh, of the energy management system in order to be able to track the behavior or to track the performance of these systems after the retrofit yeah. or after the uh, the energy management system so this is becoming a crucial part of the of the energy retrofit or the energy management implementation without it in a way or another we might be going somehow a little bit and the like walking into darkness within the the, the project in this case yeah, and that's a good point, tracking what you've done and when you've done a project and then you can see the results of that project. So sustainable energy management often involves making decisions about energy sources and consumption patterns. How can businesses strike balance between reducing energy usage and ensuring the continuity of their operations? Can you provide some insights into effective strategies for achieving this balance? Yeah, so... Uh... An energy management strategy is key uh, to that. Um, so uh, as I mentioned, we've got project lists that are just queued up, waiting to go. A and uh, as we've already talked about, 
if we can reduce consumption, that's number one, that's renewables you don't have to purchase, that's carbon offsets you don't have to purchase, that's money you don't have to spend. Uh, and, uh, and as things run more efficiently, it's less wear and tear. Everything that I try to do is I try to do the triple bottom line and hit that sweet spot in the middle. It has to make sense for people, planet, profit. And a project has to make sense. If people are uncomfortable, it's not going to work either. So everything I target, it has to fall in that triple bottom line in the sustain. I call it the sustainability zone in the middle to make sense. And that's when, when all three align, that's when it makes sense for everyone. Yeah. So also very good point that getting started from, I'll, I'll go also like a, a step back to rather than taking it from a facility perspective, even if we take it at national scales. Yeah. So if we're gonna, we, we all speak about the decarbonization of the energy supplies at home. But if we decide to go fully into renewables in most countries of the world, they do not have enough space, for instance, to have enough, let's say, solar PV panels in order to lift all their, uh, or to, to be able to pick up all their electrical loads. So having proper energy management, reducing your energy consumption is crucial. Imagine a building that has like, I don't know how many thousand kilowatt hours of energy consumption and having the small footprint. So even if you get the whole facade, if you get, even if you're having like a building integrated PV system, you're filling your rooftop with PV panels. This is never going to be enough, or it is very rarely enough to pick up all of your loads. So in order to be able to manage these things, so the the first building block into going into this, uh, let's say, uh, venture of having sustainable energy, you need to start by reducing your load, reducing your energy consumption, making sure you're optimizing all your processes in a way that you will need the least uh, renewable energy possible because this is a challenge that we have in terms of resource efficiency because even so this solar PV, if you're going to put it on an a empty land next to your facility, this is a land that you can, could have used in something else. So it is a very huge uh, cycle that one should take into consideration. Now going into the selection of the renewable energy a solution that also would be depending on each and every facility with all the potentials that they might have. So some facilities would select to if they have access to uh, some uh, diffused waste or something like that, they can go into biogas generation. We've seen it that's more into the industrial uh, field. However, there are several uh, technologies that are currently open for people. However, which with any given solution that you decide to go with, it is always an incomplete solution if you do not go into energy management first. Many companies are now adopting renewable energy sources as a part of their energy management strategies. What are some key considerations for integrating renewables into existing energy systems and what are the benefits that can be expected from this transition? Kelly? Yeah, so uh, we are currently looking at a at a, a solar project right now that um, would offset twenty percent of our uh, consumption, um, and so that's very important for several different reasons. Number one, your carbon reductions. Uh, our our customers are looking for these, so we get questionnaires that come in all the time. They want to know: Are you doing this? Um, 
your customers want to know, your customers' customers want to know. So we have to answer all these questions. But for company-wise, it's also important because it can reduce our carbon emission or, or our consumption that 20, 30 years from now, we're not having to pay those prices that we're going to have to pay. Now, the number one thing is you have to be as energy efficient as you possibly can be before you implement the renewables. Uh, that is my personal opinion. Once, once you're operating efficiently, that's when you should go ahead and do the renewable portion. Otherwise, you know, I could put in a huge solar plant and if I'm not running efficiently, then it doesn't make sense. I have to get my building running efficiently and then offset what I need to. Mohammed. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I guess uh, Kelly stated all. However, there's also some additional points that one would need to take into consideration since now I guess perhaps we have, of course, we have some energy managers who are listening to us. So, I'm, I'm not going to speak about the case of the states, but elsewhere, there are lots of, sometimes, unfortunately, we might be over-optimistic in implementing uh, renewable energy projects, but then you would need to take into consideration the constraints that you have and the regulations that you would have from the local utilities, especially if you're looking to have a project that is going to be connected to the, to the grid, uh, even if you're looking for a feed-in tariff or whatever type of uh, of scheme, then these are also things that also we need to take into consideration. And here comes the importance of the idea that it's not all about flooding the uh, flooding the consumption with renewable energy, because eventually this also has an impact on the national grid level. So it's always back to the same idea, always the first solution. And the solution, if we we're going to speak about one solution fits all, it's energy efficiency. So that's a, one solution that fits everything. And then the renewable energy and the selection of the type of renewable energy is the second one that could be taken into consideration. Now, also, I'd understand that usually most of the time we speak or we think about renewable energy, directly go into renewable energy for the sake of electricity generation. However, in some cases that we can look into renewable energy for generating hot water, going with solar water, heat, water heaters or any other or even heat pumps so, so all of these things also do benefit from the renewable field let's say and eventually would have a drastic impact so for instance a heat pump is a perfect combination of a measure that could be going into renewables and at the same time taking uh, or reducing the consumption of a specific facility so the the options are great we're not saying we're not here saying that yeah energy is something difficult on the contrary it's very important it is a crucial step that we need to all engage into but we should because we've seen this a lot lots of facilities jump directly into implementing renewable energy projects whereas they could have been first of all they could have paid much less for this renewable energy project because they wouldn't have needed to install this huge capacity besides the idea that this is an increased maintenance they increase cost and operations. So all of these things are, uh, are affected by the lack of proper energy management. What advice would you give to companies who are looking to implement an energy management system? My advice to somebody just getting into this, um, and again, so I started in 2005 through 2022, and then last year, 
we partnered with our uh, power distributor, TVA, in a program called Save It Forward. And Save It Forward is a strategic energy management uh, training system through our power distributor. And what it is designed to do is to put an energy program in place. So we've, you come up with a policy, uh, a energy scope, a strategic energy management system with marketing material, uh, employee awareness and engagement, and, and at very little cost. So this is not capital intense. So this is just strategic energy management, putting a team in place. And what, one thing I want to highlight of this program is after two years, the savings, we're going to take half of that savings and give it back to a local uh, school system for an energy project. So part of part of this is giving back. And so there's no capital investments. It's 24 month program. And, and it's all about employee engagement. And, and I can tell you, uh, the energy team I put together, one of the key contributors is the marketing. I got two marketing reps on there. And so we, we are just putting digital signage out there, turn it off campaign, uh, sharing some of the success we've had with strategic energy management. So we've been in this less than 10 months and we have saved over a hundred thousand kilowatts just by behavioral changes, turn it off campaigns, making uh, employees aware that there's a energy policy and just overall engagement. So how I would suggest anyone gets into an energy management program is uh, look up strategic energy management systems. Yeah, so uh, from my end, I guess in order to to have a proper or whenever for whomever is gonna going through this endeavor of setting up an energy management system is first of all, to, to have an integrative approach to this project or to, to this uh, feat, let's say. So first of all, one would need to consider to take the buy-in or to, to ensure the buy-in from major stakeholders in the facility or in the organization where they're looking to implement uh, this project. And when I speak about stakeholders, I'm not only speaking about general managers and CEOs. Even this is important to get it even to the uh, to the like the technicians on site and everyone who's dealing with these systems because eventually, if you want to put it this way, these are the, the the soldiers going into the war. Like, you know, so these are the people who will ensure that everything is going to operate as it should. They're going to ensure the uh, proper and the continuity of the implemented project. Uh, then to have a proper benchmarking for their facilities to understand where they are standing. How do they compare to other similar facilities? Are we good? Are we not? Are we on the average? Can we improve it or not? Then to have a clear target, to set a target with their management, then where are we heading? Are we going to net zero or not? Are we going to reduce by 30, 50%, whatever? Because having this decision also entails some financial impact because there are investments that needs to be done. Also, you might decide to go with an estimate, an energy service company that will do the investment from for you and then you would get into some kind of agreement with them eventually uh, so it is important to set up your technical and financial goals a very important point is to seek technical assistance if you do not have this knowledge in-house 
So it is very important because a poorly implemented energy management system could easily backfire and have deteriorating effects on the facilities or even on the occupants within those facilities. So we usually always try to tell people like it's not a sh it's not a shame to to hire a consultant or to hire a, an engineer Absolutely. who has the experience to assist you because the important thing is the destination, not how you're getting there. So there there's no place for pride in this. Right. If, if, if the FM teams do not have the experience, they should seek help in order to reap the benefits of this uh, of this endeavor. Um, mainly that's it. And then also you need to prioritize, as we mentioned. So always keep priority for energy savings and for energy management and then go into the renewable energy and seek to implement renewable energy also. And do not restrict yourself to solar so there are different technologies, different aspects of renewable energy that one could consider, and you should you should always try to, let's say, think out of the box, the mainstream thinking around you. So uh, I guess that uh, that would be the the approach that I would recommend to anyone seeking to implement such a system. Well, thank you both for sharing your um, expertise with us. We really appreciate that but the podcast is not done yet because in true AEE fashion we put people first and so um, we like to get to know the person behind the profession with just a couple quick questions so quick answers but you know feel free to actually tell us about yourself um what is your favorite thing to do in your free time Kelly yeah so uh actually exercising and uh so I I exercise twice a day, and so uh, to get into it a little bit more, me and my wife get up about four o'clock each morning and typically work out for about an hour, and then uh, I'll come to work, and uh, and then at the end of my day, I normally exercise a second time a day uh, before I go home, so that's one of the favorite things that I do, and I get to do one with my wife, and then one after a stressful day of work. <laughs> what about you, Mahong? So from my end, I'm the exact counterexample of Kelly. So I'm, <laughs> I'm not the trainer. So uh, as you can see me, I'm sitting on a chair. And this is my, how that's going to be my posture throughout tens of hours, <laughs> more than 10 hours a day. So uh, from my end, in order to like how I do spend my quality time is through reading. So I, I do get like around three, four hours a day. So also because I, I do wake up early, but that's the, the activity that I would like to do early in the morning and before going to bed. So it is the, the best way how to phase out from all the life's hustle and all the, the stress during the day. So, and in our profession, it is very important to, to stay up to date, following up on uh, what is happening in the, in the industry and the best way in order to do this is to go through some literature and do this uh, so it's it's more into technical reading also okay are you a sweet or a salty snack person kelly oh definitely a sweet uh snack person so now yeah, we know why um, you work out too much. <laughs> I'm salty all the way. 
that's where I'm all those good all, all, yes. all, I'm salty all the way. My my favorite snack is pickles. So, oh, wow. that's, that's how salty it is. <laughs> so, it's very salty. so not just salty, but sour as well. Exactly. And and last question, and probably the most important that I love to ask is, what are you most passionate about? I mean, I know you guys are passionate about energy management systems, but besides that, what are you most passionate about? I'm passionate about a lot of things. Energy is one of them. And you've actually heard me say this before. I'm going to repeat it to you. Um, what The things that I'm passionate about are the things that have changed my life. Uh, my faith, my marriage, my children, my Air Force career, and when I became an energy manager. And uh, and I haven't, I'm not sure because... As you know, I recently won the Energy Manager of the Year International, and I haven't, I'm waiting to see if this is going to be the sixth event or this is just part of my energy management. But I, I am passionate about those five things, and I don't know if it, if we've turned it to, into a sixth thing now or it's just a continuation of being an energy manager, but I am passionate about all of those things. And then uh, we could, of course, add exercise in there, but those that didn't change my life these other things have all changed my life well uh first of all congratulations kelly for getting Thank you. the award uh from my end of course my my first uh my first and uh, the, the biggest passion in life is my family so my children my wife uh the the other one is really volunteer work so i have i'm a long time volunteer i've i've been volunteering with in, NGO here in Lebanon for the past twenty years, so uh, this is this is a passion from uh, for me. Like uh, that's something that you and it gets into your system. So that's something that you you end up doing, and you you cannot stop from from doing this. Especially when you're doing it within your environment for the people around you for the community, then you you can get even like a very high drive for it, and nothing could give you the same amount of joy that you get when you're engaging in volunteer work and you see the impact of the of the work you're doing within your society and your community. So also that's an advice for all energy managers here just to take also, you have a responsibility towards your community, even if it's the energy management community. So I guess also Kelly and I were also volunteering within the AEE as, uh, as the organization. Well, thank you both for sharing not only your expertise, but a little bit about your life um, and giving us some insight on energy management systems. This has been Full of Energy and AE Podcast. We'll see you next month.